0: following is a presentation of the Outside Blitz Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, the Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the Fab. Fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, what's going on, baby? How are we doing? Another good week of football. Another good week of football. Joining us again from Skype, again, where we're, this remote thing has made things much more convenient for us.
1: It has. It, it has, because it, it makes the scheduling conflict not as big of an issue, especially when we can't squeeze it in. Work's kind of been insane for both of us, so it makes it nice and easy for us.
0: Yeah, you have been the busiest man in the last few weeks I think I've ever known
1: summer's always my crazy time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thankfully, uh, we're, we're getting to the, the fall A very cool, very, very cool Wednesday here as we record 55 except for the rain. Yeah. Rain and cold. Um, just, I mean, I woke up this morning and it felt like it was winter time. I was freezing my ass off this morning. Um, so that I get, I think that kind of says something, um, to uh, how cold it's getting and, and, uh, we're getting to that, that nice fall weather that I love so much where, you know, you can go out and have a beer and watch some football. That's, that's what we're, that's what we're here for. So, um, Tyler, huge week in the NFL. We had a lot of craziness going on. We had some extremely fun games. We had a few surprises, um, but one big one. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had a, a number of big surprises actually, but, uh, yeah, and and your your favorite one we'll discuss here in a minute.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: but uh, I am going to uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wind up jumping in here uh, pretty quickly. Um, I'm sure you're feeling very happy about that game. We're going to talk about that momentarily. But uh, Tyler, are you ready to jump into scores for Week Two? Let's do it. All right, let's jump into our scores for Week Two in the NFL. Starting off with our Thursday night football game, the Washington Football Team versus the New York Football Giants. Uh, Washington comes out on top, 30 to 29. Tyler, Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke, Tyler, Ty, Taylor? Is it Taylor? Taylor, Taylor. 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 Um, I called it. I said he was going to be a, a, a stud, and man, he looked like a stud in this game, didn't he? <sighs> he looked, he looked good in
1: this game. I'll give him that. The Giants' defense has nothing to write home about, but one game in, and so far, it's, it's, it's you were right so far. But it is one game, and I, and I know you can admit that.
0: Yeah, it was one game. I know the Giants' defense a little rough, but I I had to throw that one at you. Heineke looked good, um, and and I'll tell you what, you know, I want to see what he does against like the the real defenses of the real teams out there. But thus far, Heineke, I mean, even though, and you know what, dude, let's be real, he he almost shit the bed in this game. He almost threw that that uh, that late interception that costed Washington the game. But he still drove him downfield, got him in field goal range. Him and Terry McLaurin have you can tell. They've got just a, a great uh, um, rapport between the two of them, and I just I love seeing that. Heineke looks good in this game, gets it done, um, very impressive. Uh, next up, we got the Raiders and the Steelers. The Raiders beat the Steelers twenty six seventeen. Derek Carr riding a hot streak coming into the season. Surprise, surprise. Um, I know
1: we, we both love Derek Carr, we have him for, for many years now, and here we are, two games in, and the Raiders are two and zero.
0: Yeah, it's a surprise. I don't. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen the Raiders this Raiders team go two and zero. And you know what's the kicker about this whole thing is he beats the Steelers and does it without Josh Jacobs and he does it without uh, Richie Incognito on the field. So getting it done in spite of everything. And Henry. Ruggs, but they did
1: have a good a good running back to to kind of replace it there because, Kenyon Drake is still.
0: Oh yeah, Kenyon Drake rather. Um, yeah, still a very good. He's very good. I thought the Raiders had themselves a hell of a game, and they've had themselves. But it was enough.
1: Peyton Barber that took off? Actually, took most of the carries there.
0: Yeah, which is surprising because Peyton Barber is is nowhere near the caliber of Kenyon Drake, in my opinion. But um, next up, you've got the Forty Nine ers beating the Eagles seventeen to eleven. A very low scoring game. The Eagles looked rough here; just awful. Um, I knew they were missing some pieces, and, and, and we're going to jump into those in a minute because they happened after we recorded our last episode. But uh, the yes. missing some pieces, only 11 points on the board was was week one an anomaly for Jalen Hurts.
1: I don't know because I don't I don't know if I can put the blame on on this on Jalen Hurts. I thought Jalen Hurts himself looked decent.
0: I mean, he maybe I mean sort of. I mean,
1: and mostly on mostly on the ground.
0: I mean, yeah, I was going to say he was only 12 for 23 for 190. So, I mean, then on the ground, he put up 82 yards and a touchdown. which is kind of what we expected because of what he did last year. I think this year, yeah, I mean, then week one looked like a, an all-star. Week two, not so much. And I understand it's a very tough 40 for Niners defense. And had I had one
1: of the best in the league. So it, so I, I think it's too early. I, I, I think you're going to – I think um, Hurts is going to end up being somewhere in between – what he did last week and what our opinion is on him. I think he's going to be better than than we both predicted, but he's not going to be a world world beater either.
0: Right. Uh, next up, you got the Texans and the Browns. The Browns beat them thirty one to twenty one. Uh, Texans Tyrod Taylor goes down and the Texans flounder. Um, Davis Mills comes in and, and, and you know he looked okay, but uh, he he wasn't you know anything to write home about. He was eight for eighteen for one hundred and two. He did have a touchdown on the day, but also had a pick. Um, are the Texans in major trouble now that Tyrod Taylor is not in the game and they haven't the act they haven't activated Deshaun Watson?
1: Yes, absolutely. They actually looked decent It was actually keeping up with the Browns up till Taylor went down. Hell Taylor was ten for eleven, hundred and twenty five at a touchdown we went down. Right. And then and then the second half of the game happened and we you know what happened there.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up, you got the Broncos and the Jags. This one was kind of what I expected, but, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater continues to look good. 26 for 34, 328, two touchdowns. He looked really good in that game. Trevor Lawrence flounders again. Um, very tough Broncos defense, even without Nick or, uh, Bradley Chubb, rather, on the field. Um, 23-13 for the Broncos. Uh, they're 2-0 to start the year. Is that a surprise to you?
1: Yes and no. They haven't really faced teams that are incredibly good, so the 2-0 you doesn't know, surprise me based on the competition, but this is one where I, where I was more right, even though this used to be your boy. Um, I, I've been big on Teddy Bridgewater ever since he was with Carolina last year, and here we are, and Bridgewater's having a fantastic start of the season.
0: Yeah, last week was a little bit of a middle-of-the-road type of performance um, against the Giants, but this week, he, he looked damn good, and uh, I think he's finding his rhythm and finding his stride. Again, like you said, Giants in Week 1, Jaguars Week 2. I think this week he's got a soft matchup as well. So, I mean, we're going to see what happens when the Broncos actually take on some real competition. Um, but thus far, the Broncos, I mean, they could very well start uh, 3-0 and to start this season. Um, I think their next game, if I'm not mistaken, is the Jets. So, I mean, they, they've got three soft games to open up the year.
1: Yeah, they're looking at an easy 3-0 and here.
0: Yep, they should be. So uh, there's that. Next up, you got the Panthers being the Saints, 26-7. Uh, 26-7. Sam Darnold actually looks halfway decent in this game. Uh, Jameis Winston returns to Jameis Winston form. Uh, <laughs> 22, 100- which, means,
1: which means next week he's going to play really good because that's the Jameis Winston way.
0: Right. So so he had 11, uh, 111 yards and two two interceptions, no, no touchdowns on the day. The Saints looked rough. Alvin Kamara couldn't get anything going on the ground. Um, eight carries. He only had a 0. .6 average. I, I mean, just a terrible day for the Saints. Um, Panthers dominate. Um, so Panthers start the season 2-0. and Sam Darnold, look at this. Sam maybe.
1: Darnold, baby. I've, I've, been, I've been saying it. Give him a change of change scenery. And he's going
0: to play well. You know, it, maybe it's a culture shock. I don't know, but but we know that, that there's a major problem over there with the New York Jets now. And I think this right here with Sam Darnold doing as well as he is, that's the most condemning thing right now of the New York Jets at this particular moment. Um, next up, you got the Rams beating the Colts in a close one, 27 24, a very, very fun football game. Um, and Tyler, I got to call you out here. Sony Michelle comes on the field in the fourth quarter when uh, Daryl Henderson goes down with a rib injury. And I'll tell you what, Sony Michelle looked damn good in that one quarter of play. He had 46 yards on the ground on just nine carries or 10 carries. Um, He looked
1: just as as good as Henderson, but as soon as Henderson comes back, he's going to go back to being the starting member of this roster. Michelle's proven in the past that he he cannot lead a team for a whole season.
0: I don't think he looked just as good as Henderson. You got to remember, that's one quarter of play. Now, Henderson in this in this same game, 13 carries, 53 yards and a touchdown, so Henderson wasn't a world-beater. Very, identi-
1: very identical averages.
0: Yeah, identical averages, but Sonny Michel, I think, you know, the Rams kind of realized that Sony Michel, this guy could be an every-down-back for us because they ran him 10 times in one quarter, and he looked that good. Um, and, and I think Sonny Michel looked, looked great against the Colts. I'm excited. Oh, he,
1: he, he did, but um, I, I'm just saying that I, I think Sonny Michel is like the Nick full of, fulls of running backs. He's, he, he's good for parts of seasons but can never do a full season.
0: I don't know, and that is yet to be seen. Um, Henderson, he did look decent in this, but again, once again, Matt Stafford looking strong, looking very strong. And you know what? We got to give big ups to Carson Wentz in that game too, even in spite of the, the two ankle sprains. Uh, Jacob Eason, how do you sprain both your ankles? Well, both ankles. He got he got wrapped up in gator rolls by his ankle,
1: and he didn't look bad before he went down, but the. What sucks about this is Jacob Eason did not look good, and it's very disappointing.
0: The one drive, and I understand it's one drive, and and he can't, you know, it's, I thought it, you know, it, it sucked that they had to send him out in, under that circumstance because they had to send him out in that one drive, the game-winning drive. Yes. And that was his debut, and, and he was two for five for 25 yards and an interception. Um, I, I mean, it, it it's a sucky situation I want to see if he can bounce back from it and see if he can show that he's the real deal so Jacob Eason uh, and it and Carson Wentz is fighting to come back they said he's got he's got a double ankle sprain but he's, he's rehabbing it really well he might be back um, but we'll see uh, next up a blowout the Bills dominate the Dolphins 35 to nothing um, you know and, and despite the numbers Josh Allen did not look as great in this game as you would think. 17 for 33, 179, two touchdowns. Diggs with four receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, Josh Allen has had sort of a weird regression this season uh, so far. He has not looked good. Um, and, and I don't he,
1: know. He's not. He, he's not at all. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's just a weird, rough start of the season. Or I, I don't know what's going on. I, I'm, I'm still a big Josh Allen fan, but I don't know what the issue is here.
0: But, I. I I know what the issue is, and and if you look at, at the one stat that that kind of stood out to me, Devin Singletary with thirteen carries, eighty two yards, he had a six point three average and a touchdown. What it's bad. like he's it's like he's back.
1: Well, what it's bad. like it's like rookie it's like rookie season Devin, Devin Singletary again.
0: I, I don't think that's what it is. You know what I think it is is I think the teams realized in the playoffs last year exactly what the Chiefs did to beat the Buffalo Bills. They have no running attack. So what they did is they're making them rely on that running back, and they're dipping their guys in the zone coverage, and they're looking for Josh Allen to throw the football. And and they know that Devin Singletary is is a less than average running back, which but is why
1: he played his ass off this week with a 6.3 yards per carry.
0: Yep, and I think a lot of that, like I said, has to do with them dipping in the zone coverage it, if if they do what the uh, what the Chiefs did that's how you beat the Buffalo Bills obviously the Dolphins thought that that was the route to go and obviously it didn't work out for them but i really think that Josh Allen is having a hard time because they didn't get that enigmatic runner that Travis Etiennes or i think Najee Harris right now is having a hard time with Pittsburgh he would have probably looked 10 times the, the like the running back he is if he went to Buffalo so I, I think it changes a lot for, for Buffalo not having that running back, and I think Josh Allen is, is suffering the effects of that. I don't know if, if he's going to be the quarterback we saw last year until they get him a good running back in that backfield. Now, uh, next up, you got the Patriots and the Jets. Patriots 25, Jets 6. Zach Wilson looks rough, throws four picks in this game. Uh, the Patriots get it done. Mac Jones wasn't anything to write home about. He was a game managing quarterback, 22 for 30, um, but he didn't have any touchdowns. He didn't have any picks. Damian Harris got just enough work in to get it done. James White gets himself a touchdown as well. You know the the Patriots. Uh, they're one and one. They beat the Jets. Cool. It was 25 to six. Cool. I don't think the Patriots are back necessarily yet. But I do think Mac Jones is going to develop into the answer there for the Patriots. That's what it's looking yeah. like. And it, it,
1: yeah, so far, it's looking like they ended up drafting the right quarterback, which is terrifying. And it's looking like, at least so far, through two games, we're starting to, to put our foot our mouth on this Mac Jones thing. But it's still way too soon
0: right now one now one thing that we're not putting our foot in our mouth about is this next game bears 20 Bengals 17 but and it was a close game joe burrow he looked okay he had two touchdowns but he also had three picks but here's the thing about this game that that gets me andy dalton goes down he was nine for 11 56 yards and a touchdown andy dalton before the injury actually looked good um but Justin Fields comes into the game, and we were not wrong about this thus far. Justin Fields, 6 for 13, 60 yards, one interception. He did not look good coming in in relief. Um, Justin Fields, I, I, we called him a bust. I still think he's a bust. Um, and a lot of the guys, and, and there's a lot of guys that that I know that have been, you know, hooting and hollering, Justin Fields is the next big thing. Justin Fields, Justin Fields. Well, his 29 QBR says otherwise.
1: This is one where I agree with you. I still believe he's going to be a bust, but this is one. I'm going to chalk him up in the same category as Jacob Eason. He got thrown into the middle of the game. i like to see his, him do the opportunity, knowing he's going to start. And this week, he will be. He's, he's going this week. Knowing he's going to start. He's going to start the whole game. He has the whole week to prep for it with starters. This is the week we, I think we can judge Justin Fields. Yeah,
0: I, I think so, too. And I and... I mean the the matchup they've got is a tough one. They're taking on the Cleveland Browns. So that'll be a, a very entertaining game. And um, it
1: feels to keep it close, then I, then you know what? I'm good for you in your debut.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he does. We'll see if he's actually the real deal. Um, next up you got the Bucks blowing out the Falcons 48-25. This one was to be expected. Matt Ryan Looked okay, but it's that Bucks defense. The big story here, Tom Brady again, five touchdowns on the day. Holy be Jesus. Um Tom Brady rips it up and uh, the Bucks dominate. I mean, is this is this just gonna be run it back year? I mean, is that is that what we're t- looking at this year, Kyle? I mean, it's
1: kinda looking that way in a way that there's a there's a lot of teams that I think can compete with them, but I think I mean the Falcons aren't a very great defense, so it's kind of expected they're going to put a lot of points. But the Falcons look better than they did in Week One, facing much better defense. So I think maybe the Falcons are starting to kind of figure it out a little bit.
0: Yeah, they do, and 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 the Falcons, the Falcons, um, they got they got work to do on the defensive side of the football. I I don't understand what in the hell, and I can't believe the Bucks were able to hold the Falcons to 25 points, given the fact that you know their their number one corner. You know, had the the hurt arm, and I, I, I mean, it, it's just amazing to me. It's amazing to me that the Bucks just continue to compete. You know, in spite of of missing uh, huge pieces to their their uh, uh, defense. So I mean, I hopefully you know somebody can bring them back down to earth. I mean, right now I'm getting a little worried that this is going to wind up being a 17 and 0 record breaking season for Tom Brady again. Um, just well, they, haven't,
1: they haven't played anybody yet, so I'm holding out hope that if we run into a good team, and it's going to be a better game.
0: All right. Uh, next up, the Vikings lose a heartbreaker to the Cardinals, uh, 34-33. Greg Joseph misses the last-minute field goal uh, to put this one together. The Vikings played such a good game in this game, keeping up with the Cardinals, dominated the first half. I mean, Tyler, the, I, I I do feel like this team is for real. But at the same time, I, I I don't know the Cardinals. Are they going to be the NFC representative? You you picked them as such, and right now it's looking pretty good.
1: So here's what I'm gonna say: um, Vikings are essentially two plays away from being two and
0: zero. Let's call it. F-
1: let's call it what it is. Um, granted, in the first game, it shouldn't have been one play away from being from being a win. I mean, if they would have won that game last week, Vikings did not look good. But this week is, is one they should have won. It's a, it's a chip and field goal. Right. It is what it is, and you miss it. But this tell, this game tells me because I mean, I'm high in the Cardinals. You're high in the Cardinals. Cardinals just beat Tennessee last week.
0: Yep.
1: And the fact that the Cardinals should be 1-1 one one says a lot of the Vikings. Right. But I am just going to stick with the Cardinals look damn good.
0: Yeah, they did look damn good, and Kyler Murray still looks like like one of the. And, and I'm going to jump into that game after we finish up the scores here, along along with the game about your boys. But um, next up, you got the Titans and the Seahawks. Uh, Titans beat the Seahawks, 33 to 30. And really, I'm not even going to say the Titans beat the Seahawks. I'm going to say Derrick Henry beat the Seahawks because that's basically what it was.
1: Huh. Yeah, Derrick Henry goes off. It's almost like he was mad about week one.
0: Yeah, it was wild. 180 plus yards. I mean, he, he goes out. I mean, just Mollywops the the uh, um, the Seahawks here. I, and you got to know, Seahawks going into Minnesota next week, they're going to be pissed. But uh, man, and it go it went to overtime. Titans last minute field goal. Um, just a rough one. Both teams looked good. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was. I mean, technically, I guess he was game managing because he didn't put any in the end zone. But it was the Derrick Henry show. Tannehill had 347 yards on the day. Russ Wilson looked damn good. Um, Seahawks couldn't get that running game going. But, man, they sure as hell got Tyler Lockett going with 178 yards and a TD. Um, next up, you got the uh, the Cowboys and Chargers. Cowboys 20, Chargers 17. That Cowboys defense is looking weirdly good. But I guess the bigger story here for me is Tony Pollard. Um, is is Tony Pollard going to be the next big running back for the Dallas Cowboys? Is is Ezekiel Elliott an afterthought?
1: Is, is he taking over? I don't I don't know what's going on right now. Are they, are they trying to preserve Elliott or because Tony Pollard played better than Elliott in every aspect of this game?
0: He did. He did. The average was better. Um, he got into the end zone. I, I, it, this is looking like Tony Pollard's football team at this point. And, I mean, it, a lot of people. A lot of people were, were really worried, um, you know, or well, were, we're not really worried, I guess, but we're saying, man, Tony Pollard is looking better than Ezekiel Elliott when he plays in relief. And Tony Pollard is, looked, I mean, this game, he, he showed up and, and said, eh, I'm going to just be better than Zeke this time. And he, he just went and out. He and, was. Yeah, he was better. And the stats don't lie. They're side by side. And, and Tony Pollard is currently. The better running back than Ezekiel Elliott. It's mind blowing to me. Um, so there's that game. Next up, the I'm gonna I'm skipping this one because I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into uh, I'm, I'm skipping the Sunday night game because I've got more to go into that. But um, be, about my team and your team. Um, next up, I'm gonna talk about the Monday night football game. Packers beat the Lions 35-17. Seems like Aaron Rodgers found his stride um, in, in the second half of that football game. He, he looked really good. The Lions kind of imploded. A lot of bad penalties. Aaron Jones, man, four touchdowns on the day. Uh, and, and Robert Tanyan finds his way in there. The Lions couldn't stop anything in that second half. 21 unanswered points from the pack. Um, in the first half, Jared Goff looked damn good. They went into the half with a three point lead and left the game <laughs> losing by a margin of, of uh, 24 points. Or, oh, what? what, what? I can't do math. Uh, sixteenth. No, I can't do math. I eighteen points, but um, you yeah, eighteen points. I'm like doing math in my head poorly.
1: <laughs> uh, no, it's it's weird. The first half of the game, you you're kind of thinking, is wait a second, may, maybe the team that we saw in the last two minutes, the Niners game, is the same team we're, we're going to see all year. Are they can they can be weirdly good? Oh no, never mind. They're back to real life.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're we're back to to. They always say sol around here, same old lions. Well, that's kind of what we get. The Packers looked good. um, in the second half. half. Yeah, in in the in the first half they they, it was kind of like Okay. It wasn't bad. One thing about the Packers like I started getting concerned like and not really concerned. I was like happily concerned because of their arrival. But I'm like, okay, well maybe this Packers team is kind of, you know, just looking the same way that they looked last week. Maybe maybe this is gonna be the, the thing for the year. And then Aaron Rodgers just said, nah, Man, I'm 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 still here. So, Aaron Rodgers gets it done, 35-17. But the game I want to talk about, and and that's why I skipped over it, the Sunday night football game, Ravens beat the Chiefs, 36 to 35. Man, I'll tell you what, and and Patrick Mahomes threw one of the ugliest interceptions I've ever seen him throw. Um, Lamar Jackson, he throwing the ball, he didn't look incredible. We know Lamar has made for for being a mobile quarterback a running quarterback he's been damn good with his legs this time he had 107 yards two touchdowns with his legs uh Tyson Williams took the bulk of the carries for the Ravens Tyler what do you make and and I gotta tell you also Marquise Brown um just showed up out of nowhere just looking beast mode here um is this Ravens team? Are they for real? Do you? I mean, you, you kind of slayed the dragon, but it's only week two. I get it. You guys have had a hard go against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, Tyler, what do you make of this? Is this is this a hey? They they managed to upset the Chiefs at home, or, or what? What do you what do you make of this, Tyler?
1: Well, the the first half, Lamar's throwing was it wasn't very good, but I think he kind of warmed up in the second half, and he I think he played a very one of his best. Halves of football when it comes to passing.
0: Yep, and and uh, one one thing I want to point out, and and this is this is how I'm I'm going to be interconnecting both my team and your team here, is the difference in coaching philosophy. And I, oh, I know uh, where you're going with this. What
1: was that? I know exactly where you're going with this.
0: Yeah, you know, I want to point out um, the balls and the guts that it takes to go for it on fourth and one like that
1: on your um, own side of the field.
0: Yep. And on your own side of the field Up and John Harbaugh showed some, some real gall, you know, and, and saying, and, but you know what, you know, what also got me about it. And this is what I, what I love about the leadership of John Harbaugh. And I would, I would kill for a head coach like John Harbaugh because he's one of the best out there. But one thing that, that gets me about John Harbaugh and the Ravens is when that fourth and one was going on, John Harbaugh walks onto the field and I I was watching the video. He walks up and he, he, he asks Lamar I was watching it. You know, I'm going, wow, he's, he's asking him, like, do you want to go for this? And Lamar's like, hell yeah. And
1: and, and it's Lamar. You know exactly what his answer is going to be.
0: And, and so, and, and that could have very well been the game. That could have costed him the game, but John Harbaugh went for the win. He went for the W and, and, he he turned around and, and it was every Ravens player. It wasn't just Lamar, it was everybody. He looked at the defense. He he said, "You guys want to go out there and you want us to punt this, and you guys want to go out there." He said, "Hell no, we don't want to go out there. Go for the W. We want the win."
1: Yes, the, the Ravens have been the most. They, they have they go for the most fourth downs of any team, and and, the, and it's not even close.
0: Yep, and they because they have a they have Lamar Jackson. I mean, let's let's be real. They've got a great running quarterback, but B they also have. um uh, they all, they understand the metrics. They, yeah. They, they actually, uh, they actually, um,
1: three years ago, they actually hired a, a kid out of, I think Stanford. Um, he is the team's analytics coordinator. They, right. He said, and, and they, they were run all the, run all the math based on all the teams and saying, yes, you should no you shouldn't.
0: Yeah. It, it was, um, it, it was, uh, a very gutsy ballsy call on your own side of the field to take this thing home off of that chief's fumble. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what the 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 Ravens showed some guts and and I like i said i would I would kill for a head coach like john Harbaugh. I think he he's just an awesome head coach and he's been a ger- a great head coach in this league, one of the best for a long time um and and now I'm over here looking
1: yeah at- I'm gonna do the bear poke just to kind of lead in this one. are you saying that the Vikings aren't very ballsy?
0: I, I'm. I'm. Here's my thing about the Vikings, and I'm. I'm saying they aren't very, very ballsy for a couple of reasons. My thing about the Vikings, especially this past week, um, they had a fourth and one situation, and it resulted in a punt, and it gave the Cardinals a drive where they could have very well put that game away. And had Brashad Breeland, had Bashad Breelan not gotten hurt the way he did, um, and Cam Dantzler hadn't came into that game, Cam Dansler prevented a game-winning touchdown in that game, and I'll get to that in a second, but the Vikings, they didn't go for it on a fourth and one, and uh, it it almost costed them the football game because they weren't aggressive enough, and they had, I thought they were hot enough to get that fourth and one, and they didn't go for it, and I thought that was miserable, miserable play calling. On top of it, so, and and this is my gripe about Mike Zimmer right now, Um, Mike Zimmer doesn't understand when to be aggressive and when to be conservative. He just doesn't understand that. It's, it's mind-blowing to me. I have a problem with Mike Zimmer not going forward on a fourth and one, which, which really should have been like a gimme fourth and one. You have a $15 million running back. You have Kirk Cousins playing hot football. You go for it on fourth and one. Cardinals defense is getting shredded. And... Let me be clear, Vikings' offensive line was great. Chandler Jones was a non-factor in that game. I think I heard his, his name called once. So uh, the Vikings shut down a guy who had five sacks in week one. But here's, here's my issue with, with this whole situation. First of all, Mike Zimmer is a defensive head coach. And Mike Zimmer's a former defensive backs coach on top of it. And the Minnesota Vikings gave up 400-plus yards through the air, to Kyler Murray. How are you a defensive coach if your defensive backs are giving up 400-plus yards, and I don't care how good Kyler Murray is. I don't care. How do you give up 400 yards to Kyler Murray? How do you let Rondale Moore trot untouched across the field, untouched, uncovered, to give up a wide-open 77-yard touchdown to Rondale Moore? One of the fastest guys in the league. It just doesn't make sense to me. But then we've got a, game to, a chance to put this game away. Kirk Cousins led a great drive. Kirk Cousins was definitely not the problem uh, uh, this week. You know, no matter how much I bitched about Kirk Cousins in week one being a check down Charlie, first game from scrimmage, first play from scrimmage, he fired a, a, a just bomb down to Justin Jefferson. He just went for it. And I loved it. Actually, it might have been to K.J. Osborne. But the Vikings go ahead and, and they drive downfield. K.J. Osborne catches a pass, gets a first down, and takes it into the red zone. They're at the 19-yard line with 41 seconds left. And Mike Zimmer, instead of taking a couple shots at the end zone or, or you know running a couple of plays to get the yardage closer, he, Decides, I'm just going to let it run down to the two second mark and then kick a 37 yard field goal. Now, I'll hammer on Greg Joseph. Greg Joseph, do your fucking job. You need to make a 37 yard field goal. Do your job. Extra point. Yeah, I mean that's really all it is. You you had those are the kicks you make. Those are the kicks you have to make. But when I'm over here looking at at a guy like um, Mike Zimmer. I'm going, okay, wait a minute. You have, and, and that, here's, here's another thing that, that gets me about it. KJ Osborne was having himself a hell of a game as a number three receiver. Now, I, all I hear from Vikings fans all the time is them soaking their jockeys about, oh man, three deep, three deep. Remember three deep? Remember Jake Reed and Randy Moss and Chris Carter? Three deep, baby. Yeah, baby. Okay. Well, guess what? Currently, we have a three deep. You have Thielen, Jefferson, and now K.J. Osborne. Osborne's
1: kind of emerged out of nowhere. He's looking really good so far.
0: He's got more yards right now than Stefan Diggs does and more catches. I mean, that's that's saying something. And and out of nowhere, you're not going to try and, you know, get a few more yards, make that kick even easier for your kicker. I mean, you're not going to take a couple shots at the end zone, maybe put it away that way. And given this team's history of kickers, and, and uh, I mean, I, I have PTSD about kickers in this football team. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. I mean, it's been going on, and the curse of Gary Anderson is, is alive and well, okay? But I'm sitting here going, you're going to just let it run. And look, I get it. I, I understand the metrics in here, and then the analytics say, oh, he's got an 88% chance to make that kick. And I have to sit here. And, and see Vikings Twitter blow up from an idiot like Luke Braun from, from the Lockdown Vikings podcast, that jackass. I have to sit here and, and listen to him on Twitter. Go, oh, it's 88% chance. He made the right call. Ba bah, bah, bah. Well, guess what, asshole? The other 12% got it done. The other 12% was the prevailing thing here. That 12% is what mattered. So I don't want to hear that he made the right call. Clearly he didn't. And clearly he should have taken – he had plenty of time. 41 seconds is a lot of time in football. I mean, that's a lot of time, especially when you've got a timeout. Take a couple shots. So show some balls. Show some guts. And Mike Yeah, Zimmer- I'm,
1: pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the analytics w- would say that in the Raven situation, when you're up a point on your own side, that you should punt the ball. But right. But sometimes you've you just got you to go for the win.
0: Yeah, go for the W. And, and had the Vikings done that, there's no doubt in my, in my mind right now that they walk out with a win in that football game. There's no doubt. I, I, I believe that firmly, and I think that, that, that uh, people like, like Luke Braun, who talk about these analytics all the time, and, and the, the, you know what? Guess what? The analytics aren't always the thing. I understand it says 88% chance. 88 is not that good. To me, anyway, when I have a game on the line, I want that to be like 94, 95, especially within a one point game with the game on the line. And I can put this thing away. Give me a couple more plays. So I, I just I think Mike Zimmer right now, his seat just got way hotter with that loss. And now they're going to come home and face on a t- face a, a an incredible Seattle Seahawks team that is pissed after losing to the Titans in Week 2. So, to me, and I'm going to put it like this, either Mike Zimmer has to win one of the next two, and the Vikings have to somehow make their way into their bye week in Week 7 at 3-3, and or Mike Zimmer needs to go. It's time. At that point, and I I can't sit here and blame Kirk Cousins. Nobody can, because Kirk Cousins played a damn good football game. He was an efficient quarterback this week. So for people to, to be out on Twitter going, oh, Kirk Cousins this, Kirk Cousins that, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it at all. Because they, they played a damn good football t- game on, on offense and a damn good football team, and they almost beat them. Now, I understand almost almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. I get it. But in, in this situation, I, I think, I think it, what, you know what best sums it up is, is the uh, – The quote from uh, uh, The Rock, from Sean Connery. You know, you ever hear, you ever see the movie The Rock? Yeah. Okay. the The quote I think is is losers talk about their best, winners go home and fuck the prom queen. That's that's the quote, and I think that's what the Vikings need to understand here, and what Mike Zimmer needs to understand here with this loss. But that's my 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 rant about coaches. Um, Now, next up, Tyler, we are going to jump into a a segment specifically for you, my friend. A nice segment we like to call Tyler's Top Ten. Tyler's Top Ten. And Tyler, uh, it has been a wild week. We had some interesting guys show up on your top ten. I'm excited. Are you ready?
1: Let's do it.
0: All right. Number 10. Top 10.
1: Number 10. No surprise. He's here every week when, he, when he's healthy. Christian McCaffrey still getting it done. 155 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown.
0: He's healthy. He's doing better. I, I like to see what, we, I mean, last year, we, you know, obviously McCaffrey had the injury woes. And, and when he was not healthy, there were occasions where I think he showed up on the forgetful five. But uh, so far this year, he's uh, Sam Darnold's uh, favorite thing. So uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know that offense runs through him, and uh, I think it's he I think Sam Darnold's benefiting. They're they're really benefiting from each other here. McCaffrey getting it done, gotta love it, and, and he's going to continue getting it done. Panthers start the season two and zero, so obviously they're doing something right over there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Number nine, Patrick Mahomes, another another mainstay on on this show. Twenty four for thirty one, three hundred forty three yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. A Very nasty pick,
0: but yeah, you know how he's mad about that interception. And, this, and this is his uh, first pick
1: ever thrown in September, first loss ever in September. I just gotta love it.
0: Yeah, but he uh,
1: he played very he, good.
0: He played very well against a very game. Uh, uh, Baltimore defense, the de- the Baltimore defense has always been notoriously good, even when they're missing parts. And this is one of those occasions. Um, the Chiefs are dangerous and the Baltimore defense got it done for you guys, really. I mean, Lamar, yeah, he got the, the fourth and one run in, but Baltimore causing that fumble, uh, the the defense causing that fumble and, and getting that ball back was, was a huge part of that. I mean, gotta love it. Patrick Mahomes still, he's, he, I, then this is another thing, even though in spite of Kirk Cousins having a great game last week, let me just make it clear. I would kill for a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes too. (laughs) I really would. Oh, for sure. We all would. So Patty Mahomes getting it done once again on the top 10. Number eight, Derek Carr,
1: 28 for 37, 382 and two touchdowns.
0: Carr is such an enigma right now um he he's just getting it done I don't know where the hell he came from but he's he's looking strong i mean and, and is he is, are his stats like amazing no no they're not they' they're they're you know kind of I, I, I they're above average I'll definitely say that but he's leading this football team and suddenly, crazy John Gruden doesn't seem so crazy. So I, I don't know. It's it. I want to see if Derek Carr can continue this trend, this hot streak. He's been a real leader for that football team. And uh, yeah, I want to see if he can keep keep this going. This is the the first hot streak we out of Derek Carr that we've seen in quite some time. Um, since that MVP year a few years back, or that MVP caliber year anyway. Uh, so I want to see if if he's the real deal. Years ago, when Derek Carr got drafted. I was at a wedding and we were talking football and I had mentioned that I believe that Derek Carr is is going to be a star. That's what I, I, that, that's what I, I, threw out there and people laughed at me at that table and Derek Carr has been a mainstay, but he's been a very middle of the road quarterback. If Derek Carr gets as hot as he usually, like when he gets hot, he gets hot. If he gets hot, Oh buddy. Oh, buddy, I'm not going to feel uh, – because lately I've been feeling like a dummy for saying it, but I, I don't know. I, <laughs> if he gets hot, then I'm going to feel really good about myself afterward.
1: No, and I've always been a big Derek car fan. I, I think a lot of what's going on over the years has been not his fault.
0: I agree. I agree with that.
1: Number seven, Tyler Lockett. Eight
0: receptions, 178 yards, and a touchdown. He's such a boomer bust player, isn't he?
1: He 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 can be. And last year he was very consistent early on, and then he kind of slowed down a little bit.
0: Well, if you look at Tyler Lockett's, um, and, and I, I guess particularly from a fantasy perspective, Tyler Lockett, I, I think last year had four games where a majority of his fantasy points came from, and then the rest of his games were like nothing. He's so streaky. And then he has weeks like this where he just sets the world ablaze, and then he has certain weeks where it's like, eh. Tyler Lockett's there, but DK Metcalf's the real deal. And really, so far, Tyler Lockett's been the real deal, not Metcalf. So I want to see, um, I want to see if Tyler Lockett is is going to wind up being the number one there. Last year, DK was the number one there, and and according to the depth charts, DK is supposed to be the number one there. Maybe teams are closing in on DK, but they have a great one-two punch at the receiver position over there in Seattle. So I I like Tyler Lockett. I think he he's um, I think he was underrated after last year. I think he's got the ability to blow up. He still is kind of streaky to me. I want to see if he's going to be more consistent. If he can consistently put up numbers that are, are over 100 yards and a touchdown, uh, I, I would love that for him anyway. Um, I definitely won't love it next week. But uh, I, I, think, I think Tyler Lockett right now is, uh, is hot, and he's been hot for the first two weeks.
1: Number six, straight from the top of the forgetful five, all the way to number six on this week, Aaron Rodgers. He's back, apparently, 22 or 27, 255 yards, and threw up four touchdowns.
0: Had a great game. Aaron Jones seems to be his new favorite target. I mean, Devontae has been a non-factor, hasn't
1: he? Devontae's been a non-factor, and as has his demand of having Randall Cobb back as well. Yep, Aaron Jones. Again, Aaron Jones wasn't good last week either. But then again, the whole team wasn't
0: right. Well, Randall Cobb had a uh, um a clutch catch, but that's about all he was good for. He did have a clutch catch on a on a third down, um, and it was a it was a good size. I think it was nineteen yards. But I, I mean, outside of that, he didn't really. He hasn't done anything. Uh, but but Aaron Jones, that we saw a game like this last year, and I and the only reason I remember is because I had him in fantasy that day. Aaron Jones had. Three passing touchdowns in that game. Um, it, it was it, he's just one of the one of the favorites of of Aaron Rodgers. But one thing that the Packers did really well against a a shoddy Lions defense is they were running um Robert Tanyan uh right, right down the seam is what they were doing, just consistently, over and over and over again. And Rodgers was just hitting him. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, right just around the hashes, he was hitting them. And uh, the Lions had no answer for it. And I, I think Tanyan had 59 yards and a touchdown in the game. Um, Rodgers looked good. He, he looked like, I mean, it was a very Dink and Dunk style of play that we we don't usually see from Rodgers. He did have a, a a couple of deep, deep passes. But Rodgers is playing really good football um, as of the second half, as of halftime on Monday night. But Rodgers has played, has played well in week two. I want to see if he continues the momentum. but Everybody's still we're still walking on eggshells with Aaron here because of what, what's gone on in the offseason and how he looked in week one. So I want to see if if Rodgers is back or if he is just crap. So we're gonna find out.
1: Number five, same team, Aaron Jones. We already kind of talked a little bit, 115 yards from scrimmage, but he got four touchdowns.
0: Yeah, four four touchdowns. Uh I know you love the scrimmage yards. He was sort of a non-factor in the running game, but then did really well in the passing game. Um, He's one of those – I feel like he's like he's a, a – pure start, red zone threat. Yeah. He's a starting running back that is a change of pace back. It's like they like having a change of pace guy as their starting running back. Um, they were running A.J. Dillon a lot more, which you know kind of took me a little bit by surprise. I think they want Dillon to be that body post kind of guy where they want Jones to be their change of pace. Jones can handle it. I think he can handle both roles, but I think they don't want to burn him into the ground. He's played really well for the Packers. Um, I like Aaron Jones a lot. And uh, if, if they keep him in that role, I think that's what he's going to be the most effective.
1: Number four, Cooper Cup. Nine receptions, 163, two touchdowns. He's looking really hot to start the season.
0: From a fantasy's perspective, I totally didn't mind it. Even though one of my opponents have Cooper Cup, I have Matt Stafford. And this, this rapport between Stafford and Cup is just wonderful. Um, Stafford is calm Hitting Cooper Cup Cup gets open I guess they're they're best buds From my understanding They sit beside each other in the film room And study tape together and all kinds of stuff Um, Cooper Cup has You know He was technically speaking About two years ago when the Rams offense Was really hot He was technically speaking wide receiver number three And uh, Hitting him a lot now Stafford's hitting him a ton, and it, it, it's a complete culture change over there, I think. And I, I love the fact that Cooper Cup is, is getting it done and, and showing that he is the real deal. The question is about whether or not he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy for a full season, Cooper Cup will be, will be a stud. And, and one of the, I think right now he can be, it can be argued that he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. But the injury bug is still there for him. So the jury's still out, but I want to see what, what uh, they continue to do with him this season.
1: Number three, Tom Brady, 24-36, 276, and five touchdowns.
0: He's just running it back. That's all, so
1: far, he's running it back.
0: He's just running it back. I mean, it, five touchdowns for Tom Brady. I understand you're taking on a, a crappy Atlanta defense. I understand that. But, man, five touchdowns. Holy shit, that's uh, <laughs> Tom Brady. Um, they have that embarrassment of riches over there in, in Bucks, and I've used that term a lot when describing the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. And, uh, yeah, embarrassment of riches is, 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 I think, the best way to describe it. He's just getting it done, um, and, and this, this trend is going to continue. Um, Gronk, Gronk has been a, a much bigger factor now that he's back in the swing of things. Last year, Gronk was a little quiet. He had a couple of
1: clutch until the back quarter of the season.
0: Yeah, he had a couple of clutch catches in the in the playoffs and he had a couple of clutch catches in the the in the uh back end of the season, but man, now that he's found his stride, Gronk is is officially back and he's having a good time and uh yeah, Brady and uh, Brady, this Brady to Gronk had two of those touchdowns went to Gronkowski. Um so I mean, I big big day for the for the Bucs. I think Tom Brady is just Right now, he's the man to beat.
1: Well, potentially, because number two, the second straight week, and right now my MVP candidate, Kyler Murray, 29 for 36, 400 yards, three passing touchdowns. He did throw two picks, but then he had a rushing touchdown as well.
0: Yeah, the Kyler Murray Murray show is in full swing, and he is the guy – he's one of those quarterbacks that elevates his team but he's also one of those quarterbacks that can keep his team in games. Um, the defense looked very rough against the Vikings, and, and the Vikings offense looked looked strong. The the Cardinals defense couldn't keep up with the Vikings offense. And uh Murray kept him in that game. He really did. Uh, the guy is is an enigma. I I, <laughs> I just you know, and the the play to um Rondale Moore, the 77-yard touchdown pass was set up because Murray was Murray got out of the pocket, and Patrick Peterson actually came off of um, he came off of Rondale Moore to try and go after Kyler Murray, thinking he was going to make a play with his legs, and he left Rondale Moore wide open.
1: Yeah, it was he, actually, a very similar play to the the, the Lamar Hollywood hit.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, that's the issue with Kyler Murray. He's such a dual threat quarterback. He doesn't take a ton of hits, um, you know, and, and for, with those two interceptions, I mean, he did have the two picks. Let me just, you know, I want to point out one of those was a, uh, was a, uh, pick six, um, by a guy who is, was on my, uh, my, my forgotten five last week was Nick Vigil. Um, and, and we'll get to him shortly here, but, uh, that's a spoiler, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think uh, Kyler Murray, you've you, de- you definitely got him in the right spot. Anytime you can shred a Mike Zimmer defense for 400-plus yards, absolutely.
1: And number one, it seems like the number one spot's eluding Kyler Murray, but there's always a really, really good candidate here, and this time it's Derek frickin' Henry. 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns, and had another 55 yards through the air.
0: Nothing new. I mean, do we can we just start calling him the the uh, um, the the best running back in the league? I mean, is is it official at this point? I mean, I know we've had a lot of talks about Dalvin, and I, I know we've had a lot of talks about about um, you know. Call-
1: I think C. I think CMC can still kind of challenge that a little bit, given how much McCaffrey gets hit in the passing game. But it's it as far as pure ground, yeah, it's the Derrick Henry show, and it's not even close.
0: Yeah. I I think um I think Derrick Henry was was and has been outstanding um and and really I I I mean last last week he looked rough I get it this week whole different animal um and and uh yeah he he just uh, he put it to the Seattle Seahawks and I understand the Seattle defense is not what it used to be it's really not but you got to love uh Derrick Henry just Pounding the rock, getting it done, keeping his team alive. That's what great players do, is they elevate their team. So um, yeah, we'll uh we'll say that that is probably the most accurate spot that you can put Derrick Henry. It's number one. He's one of the best players in football. So, and that is uh Tyler's top ten. Now, I have five, and I'm going to jump in those. Into those right now for a segment we like to call Ray Towns Forgotten Five. Ray Towns Forgotten Five. Now, Tyler, I've got a couple honorable mentions.
1: All right.
0: I've got five great players um, that I think played really well this weekend. Um, and uh, the, my honorable mentions. Uh, one of them is Nick Vigil. Again, uh, I mean. Eight tackles, he had a pick six. Uh, That guy has been all over the field. Teams thought this guy was a backup, and he's a backup coming into a starting role for the Vikings defense. Uh -uh. This guy has been a starter. And they've been running the ball directly at him, and he's been making them pay. They've been throwing the ball his direction. He's been making them pay. Um, Nick Vigil this weekend looked damn good. Again, against the Cardinals. He looked damn good against the Bengals. This is his second week getting a mention here on this show. Um, He was in the Forgotten Five last week. This time he's just outside. But, man, Nick Vigil. Wow. Um, The other honorable mention is one that you're going to appreciate. Marquise Brown. He had uh, six receptions for 113 and a touchdown. But uh, the the thing that kind of keeps him... You know, like this, this would be a good stat line and it it, it is worth mentioning. It's not as good as the stat lines of the other guys, but, but the thing that would made it worth mentioning is he had both of his girlfriends in the crowd. (laughs) Yes. I just want to make that, that plural. He had girlfriends (laughs) in the audience. Oh dear. Um, I thought that was just absolutely fabulous that, that he had that, um, just a, a wonderful thing for him. So. Great job. No wonder he was catching everything <laughs> on, Monday, or on Sunday night. Um, <laughs> now for the Forgotten Five. Uh, number five goes to Kirk Cousins. 22 for 32, 244, three touchdowns. Uh, he was on the, the Forgetful last week. He's on the Forgotten this week. He had a damn good game. Um, by the numbers, Kirk Cousins, I love it. And uh, he played, nobody can complain about the way he played the Arizona defense. Am I wrong? No, he
1: played incredibly well. he um, he kept up in a game that I thought they were going to lose by a lot, and, and they played really well up to a field goal.
0: Yep. I mean, he he did a great job. Uh, number four, and you're going to hate this, Taylor Heineke. 34 for 46, 336, two touchdowns and a pick. Heineke was the man that kept, well, him and McLaurin are the guys that kept the, the Washington football team in that game. Heineke made some great plays with his legs. I mean, I love this. I think it's great. The former Viking Tyler Heineke getting it done. He, he,
1: he looked good this week. I want to see if he can continue, but he looked good.
0: Yeah, I, I thought he looked damn good. Um, I understand it's a Giants team that's ailing. I get it, and and you know I know that you're you're not completely sold on him. I'm not completely sold on him. I want to see if he can if he can put up a W and put up those clutch performances against a real good defense and a, a top tier team. But this week for a guy who just had his third start. I mean, I think that that says something about Tyler Heineke and, or Taylor Heineke and the, the way that he gets it done. So, uh, Heineke, number four on the list. Um, number three goes to a guy that I hate, uh, Rondale Moore. Seven receptions, 114 at a touchdown. He did have that one big 77 yard touchdown pass. This guy's turning one of the best vertical threats in all of football.
1: I Rondale Moore's looking, looking dangerous and scary, and I, I'm, I'm loving watching him play.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's a great compliment. I think I could argue right now he's the number two over there, even though AJ Green is listed as the number two. Rondale Moore is really the guy, and and uh, he's showing number one receiver capabilities. So I, I'm kind of curious as to how this is going to go. AJ
1: Green's four.
0: But, well, AJ Green is he four on the? I mean,
1: well, on the official depth chart he's probably two, but he's fourth yeah, in talent. Say Christian Kirk had an okay Christian Kirk's. Get okay. We get a really good week one, but Christian Kirk's still a very big part of that offense.
0: Yeah, uh, number two goes to Russ Wilson, twenty-two for thirty-one, three forty-three, two touchdowns. He had himself a hell of a game against the Titans. Um, Titans defense looking rough to start out the season. Uh, Wilson, I know. Yeah, a little surprised, but Russ Wilson shredding them, uh, getting it done. Him and Tyler Lockett. He had a few kick passes to DK Metcalf, but DK Metcalf actually wasn't even near the top of the uh, receiving on, on,
1: but, but DK still getting his targets though. So I think DK will, is going to warm up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's got to get, he's got to warm up, but the, um, the number one for this week, I thought this was a no brainer. Tony Pollard, uh, 13 carries for 109 yards and a touchdown. He had an 8.9 average on the day, just a, a huge performance for that Cowboys offense. Um, Pollard. I mean, this is, this is currently it's his offense. Am I wrong?
1: You're you're not wrong. Pollard looked good and and, and kind of out out of nowhere, surprising people.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a little taken aback. I'm not surprised that he rushes as well as he does because we've seen this before. I've seen Tony Pollard come in and and tear it up in in relief of Ezekiel Elliott, but now it's just looking like he says, "No, I'm the captain now." You know, this is <laughs> this is my offense. This is my team, and uh, that's kind of what I'm seeing here, uh, Tony Pollard getting it done man incredible incredible performance um now next up we're going to jump into your favorite part of the show the forgetful five this is the time where i get to shit on people and uh tyler likes it
1: so who screwed up this time
0: uh, yeah, who screwed up today uh, number five goes to jacoby Brissett, 24 for 40 190 yards and a pick uh he came in in relief of tua and uh, did not play very well. He was a little over the fifty percent area when it came to his completion percentage. Not a lot of yardage there. The uh, the Dolphins floundered. Um, Tua was clearly the better quarterback, I think. Which percent, is
1: not a good thing.
0: Yeah, that's not a good thing. No. Um, Tua getting it done or it was was getting it done in Miami, but mm, percent will not. And. <laughs> not- Brissette's a high-end backup. We know that, but he's a system guy. And he was a high-end backup, I think, more so for, you know, the Patriots and the Colts. He's not a starter. Um, and uh, it showed this week. Absolutely. Him, and the, the they got shredded. Uh, next up, number four, Jameis Winston. He goes 11 he's for back. 20. Yep, 111 yards, two picks. That's the Jameis Winston we know. And... Um, We've learned to uh, slam on. So Jameis Winston winds up in number four on the Forgetful Five. We knew this was coming, didn't we?
1: We did, but it's also just as likely he'll end up number one on my top 10 next week.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Monster week. He always does that. He's very back and forth. So we'll see. Uh, Number three, a guy that we both called a bust, and I still think he is Justin Fields, six for 13, 60 yards and a pick. He had a 29.9 yard. Justin Fields. Horrible week. He looked like shit. Um, He came in in relief of Dalton, and he did not look good. I still think he's a bust. We'll see how he's going to do in a full game this upcoming week, but I still think this guy's a bust. I think he's going to fall apart, particularly because he's taking on a Cleveland defense. I mean, dude, am I wrong here? You with me? Tyler, are you with me? I may have lost Tyler. Um, number two on the forgetful five, Alvin Kamara. Eight carries, five yards. He had a .6 average. How is that a thing? I don't even know how that's a thing. Um, yeah, Alvin Kamara, I, I don't understand it. He, uh, the, the Saints' offense, really, this week uh, did not look good. They 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 looked weak, and uh, I, I think that they looked like hell. And uh, last but not least, number one, Zach Wilson, nineteen for thirty three, two hundred and ten yards. We had uh, four interceptions on the way. Uh, Zach Wilson looking rough. Tyler, is this a uh, 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 is this a culture thing with the Jets now? I think
1: it is because I still like Zach Wilson. I don't think this is his fault, but it's just kind of comical. The did you see the reporter ask after the game as Zach Wilson? Did you do you feel like you're seeing ghosts out there? Oh,
0: no.
1: <laughs> I, I think and Zach uh, Wilson very maturely goes absolutely not.
0: Yeah, I, I think Zach Wilson. Um, I, I'm starting to think this is a culture thing with the Jets. And to to be fair to Zach Wilson, he did own it. He owned the whole thing. He did. So I I gotta respect that. That shows a good leadership quality. Um, I want to see if he can bounce back this upcoming week. But I, I just really think this is a culture issue with the Jets at this point. I think there's a problem there, and and the coaching staff in the front office. I think this is a problem with the Jets more so than it is these first-round draft pick quarterbacks, and it's it's sort of like what went on with Cleveland, you know? Cleveland absolutely. Office, they were drafting these quarterbacks that were just you know, and they had different coaches every year, and it was just a big mess. I, that's what I think is basically going on with the New York Jets at this point. Now next up we, we were we were doing our our rookie um, yes our rookie uh, uh, rankings here and I got to tell you Tyler my rookie rankings the rookie rankings for me have have shifted a lot
1: yours has and, and because of which and mine have too because of which our combined is becoming kind of all over the place
0: yeah there are a lot of guys that, and they shifted a lot because there were certain bad performances and there were certain good performances that, that took place. Um, you know, like, like and, and then there were certain situations that were beyond that certain player's control, like Micah Parsons, for example. The Cowboys shifted him from linebacker to defensive end, which is why, even though he's lower on the list, because he didn't have a good day. Micah Parsons is still on my list because I was beyond his control. He's not a defensive end; he's a linebacker, and he's supposed to be playing middle linebacker. So to put him on a defensive end like that, eh? Okay, he's not an edge; that's not what he's made to be. Um. So I mean, and and I'll just rush through mine real quick. I'll just push well, through. Number I one,
1: I think we well, figure we no. We usually just do it to where it's or combine it because it's like a, it's a voting process. So we just have our. I they get they get put the order is put together by your voting my voting
0: okay so what do we have what what's the the total here
1: yeah, you, let let the mathematician um do, do do his thing
0: yeah yeah obviously I can't do math I couldn't even do simple subtraction in my head
1: <laughs> yes so so outside looking in there's a lot of players that that me or you may have had in our ten but the other one didn't so it kind of pulled their average score down right. Um, two honorable mentions just because they're still going to be in the conversation despite playing terrible right now, and that's Najee Harris and Trevor Lawrence. Yes. Um, but the true honorable mention uh, – the true outside looking in, here's your five that are people that is so one of us voted in the top ten, but other one did not. Number five, Jace Horn.
0: Wow. Yeah, he's Number- had good, uh, a good year so far. Um, it hasn't been incredible. But he's had a good year so far. Um, I I would put him out uh, right outside the top ten, though.
1: Number four, Devontae Smith. Had a good week one, but then he kind of slowed down this week.
0: Yeah, only in the teens as far as his receiving yards go. It makes you wonder what's going on. But it could have been the fact that they were taking on a San Francisco defense. But I know we had him in the top ten last week. And for him to fall out of it, it's pretty pretty, uh, wild. He's
1: pretty high in the top ten, too. Yes, he was. Number two, Patrick – I'm sorry, number three, Patrick Sertain.
0: Yeah, Sertain had himself a good week. I didn't, I didn't put him in there, but he's had a good year so far. Um, I think he's he was fringe for me, but uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't have him in that top ten.
1: Number two are the the current AFC defensive player of the week, not that's a rookie defensive player of the week. Uh, Ravens rookie linebacker Adafi Owe.
0: He played great ball this past week. He's been great um, all around. He's looking – and when this guy got drafted by, by the Ravens, didn't I look at you and say, hey, that's a great draft pick?
1: I was thrilled with that one.
0: Yeah, and I – And playing well. And he's turned out to be well worth it.
1: Yeah, he causes the fumble at the end of the game on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yep. And, and had a couple of decent hits on Mahomes as well.
0: Yeah, he's, he's been uh, uh, probably – I mean – he, I know he's, he's pushing for Defensive Player of the Year. He quietly has been. I haven't heard a ton about him until No,
1: he's the Defensive Player of the Week.
0: Or defensive Player of the Week, rather. I, I've, I, I've been surprised by – he hasn't been getting a lot of fanfare. And not many people are talking about him. But he has looked damn good through the first two weeks.
1: Absolutely. And number one, Elijah Mitchell going outside the top 10 after after an amazing week one uh was had had some issues going into this week.
0: He looked good this week but he had the injury bug. That's, yes. that's the issue and and he he was starting to look good, he you know, he went down and and then you got the Niners just burning through running backs. Um he's he's now considered, you know, questionable going into week 2. Basically all of their backfield is. I want to see if this guy winds up playing. Um I just really hope that he doesn't have that. Uh, I guess it's like a 49ers injury curse to their running backs right now. I'm going to call it. The, I, I'm not I'm big on curses, so I guess we'll just call it the Raheem Mostert curse.
1: Well, I guess um, Dobbins started it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> fair, that's fair.
1: Ravens have been hit just, probably worse.
0: Yeah, you guys are, are hitting this kind of that situation. Um, but Actually,
1: yeah, no, I, no a- a- Acres started it. Cam Akers started this
0: whole running yeah, back injury sure. mess. Cam Akers did have the Achilles issue.
1: Because then it was ETN, then it was Dobbins, then it was just a, yeah. just a mess.
0: Tons of injuries.
1: But going to the actual top ten, at number ten, we have Greg Russo. Huge week.
0: He had a Blew huge... Blew
1: up this week.
0: Yeah. Um, he's, he's come out and, and been a star. Huge week this week. I love the fact that this guy is, has blown up. Because he's proving a lot of people wrong, myself included. I called him to be. I think this guy's going to be a bust, and man, he's he's been proving me wrong. And he enters the the top ten. He wasn't even in the discussion last week. Correct. And this week he had such a good week that I, I mean, you can't you can't ignore it now. Um, so I, I love seeing him in the top ten.
1: Number nine, Paulson Adebo.
0: Very good performances with the Saints. Um, I like Debo a lot. I thought he, his combine when, when I watched him back over when he was at Stanford was great, and I knew this guy was going to be a stud, and they were really talking him up big. I just didn't think he was going to be this good. He's been outstanding so far.
1: Number eight, Kyle Pitts, moving up a little
0: bit. Yeah, he had a good performance this week in spite of the loss. Um, Matt Ryan hit him a lot. He had over 70 yards. I mean, he, he's looking he's starting to look like that that pass catching threat that they want him to be. Um I want to see if he starts hitting like Tony Gonzalez range. I mean, that's that's the bar, you know, when it when it comes to be high bar. Yeah, that's it's a high bar, but that's the bar, especially with the guy that like him, who's had so much fanfare. Over the course of the la- you know, over the course of the draft and, and whatever the case may be, they expect him to be a game changing type of, of tight end. He needs to go for that now. You, that, that's what they should be aiming for with him.
1: Number seven, Jalen Waddle.
0: Yeah, Waddle. He had a, a quiet week, but it wasn't quiet enough to to push him off the top ten, and that's why I kept him there. Um. Sixty-seven same, yards. Same for me. What was
1: that? Same thing on my end too. Just like he moved down a little bit, but still enough. His week, week one had some good weight here.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, it, it was. It, he didn't have as good of a week. Understanding the, the quarterback situation definitely affected that. Um, he, he had you know a hair over sixty yards and a touchdown last week. Um, this week, a lot quieter. But it wasn't quiet enough. I, I, I think he, he basically had around, it was close enough to the same numbers, even though it was a little dip. He had close enough to the same numbers as he had last week. Um, I think Waddle, you, you got to have a starting quarterback throwing to the guy. And we also have to realize that he's also still, he's been number two and number three on the depth chart um, for Miami. So you can't expect that performance every week until he winds up picking up a number one spot if he does. Um, but I think it's going to be even more affected this week because Will Fuller is going to be coming onto the field this upcoming Sunday.
1: Absolutely. Number five, Micah Parsons.
0: Yeah. So Parsons, again, he's, he's kind of in the same discussion. Um, It wasn't his fault that he got kicked over to defensive end. He still made some plays. I don't think he has any business at defensive end. He should be a middle linebacker and, uh, they they kicked him over to defensive end like like that was a good idea. I don't know what the hell they were doing in Dallas. He still had a good enough week. The 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 numbers weren't where I I expected them to be, but then knowing that they kicked him to defensive end that explains it. Um yeah, the, the Cowboys need to move him back to middle linebacker just kind 100%. Of yeah. Number 4,
1: Mac Jones.
0: He was game managing and that was enough. He was game-managing. He had, he had, I mean, no touchdowns, no picks. He had 190 yards. I mean, it,
1: okay. There's nothing to write home about, but Yeah, he's playing but, well, and so far he's been, the, he, he's been the hero of this quarterback class.
0: Yeah, he's been the best, the best quarterback in this class thus far.
1: All right, going to the top three, which I'm basically going to call a three-way tie because the way we had him ranked is you can basically call these um, part, um, number one, part one, two, and three. Yeah. But just a, just a, the order came just a little bit off. And number three, Penae Sewell.
0: Yeah, Sewell. I'm. You know, he had a really good week, um, and he continues to impress. Uh, you you got to love what what Sewell is doing. Um, his, his PFF grades have been outstanding, uh, even in spite of the fact that that Goff has been sacked on a couple of occasions. Then none of them came off of him. I don't think. Uh, no. He he looks like the best offensive lineman to come out of this class right now. So, I mean, I, I, and, and you know, his PFF grade definitely shows that. I think he had a 71.5 PFF grade, which is really high. So he looks great and he knows how to set that edge. And they, the lions just need to not kick him to right tackle and just leave him at left tackle. Cause that's what he's good at. And that's what he's there for. Yes. Uh, forget Taylor Decker. I don't care what kind of contract you signed him to. And I don't care if he's a veteran or not. Panay is the better player at the left tackle position than uh, Taylor Decker is. So Decker needs to be the one kicking over to right.
1: <clears throat> number two, and this is only because I'm going to, uh, I have the tiebreaker be the, the person who's number one to retain their spot. So number two is going to be Rondell Moore.
0: Yeah, Moore looks good. Um, he, he had a, a, another great week. This skyrocketed him up the charts. I mean, he, he was a game changer for them. He was more of a game changer than DeAndre Hopkins was in this game uh, against the Vikings. And, and it's a very tough Vikings defense that uh, has not looked good in the food through the first two weeks. And uh, he had that 77-yard touchdown. He, he showed big playability. He, he's, I mean, he, he was breaking tackles. He was making plays with his legs. Um, he was great for, for Arizona right now, I would, I would actually argue that he's probably the number two on the depth chart. Although the numbers show would show that he's the number one, but, uh, yeah, Rondale Moore looked, looked phenomenal. And right now he's looking like the best receiver to come out of this class.
1: Well, potentially because number one and, and he didn't have a bad week. He had a pretty good week, just not as good as his week one. And that's Jamar chase.
0: Yeah. Chase had a good week. Um, I, I think, uh, Chase, uh you know, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't anything crazy. He had the touchdown, but he only had two catches, but he made both those catches count. Um, 50 yards, touchdown. I mean, it, it was it was good enough to keep him there, but uh, Rondale Moore clearly had the better week.
1: And he's on his heels. Yeah. But I think Jamar Chase's week one keeps him from making any sort of major drop.
0: Yeah. A guy that, that came off the list, too, from the outside looking in, and I just want to point him out, Rashawn Slater. Um, his PFF grade did drop a little bit. Uh, it went to a sixty-seven point five. I actually had him up in my top. Actually, three. I
1: think I screw, I think I must have screwed up because Rashawn Slater is number six.
0: Number six. Oh, you did. Put your life together, Tyler.
1: Yeah, I must have went right from Waddle to Parsons.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Parsons. Um, well, the Slater. Slater had a good week. We'll just talk to him about him now. Slater had a good week. Um, he, his PFF grade dropped a little bit, which is why Sewell went up, and he kind of you know, stayed in that, that backdrop, but he's the second best um, yes. right now, tackle to come out of that class, second best offensive lineman to come out of that class.
1: I'm glad you mentioned him because we, uh, we would have completely glazed over him.
0: Yeah. We, we, you know, we only, we only had top nine rookies. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, but no six. Yeah. So, yeah, Rashawn Slater, yeah, I, I was surprised. At first, I was like, man, he fell off the list? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a good week. It wasn't as
1: good as his first week, but he, he, he still, he's still, he's been consistent so far.
0: Right. So he's been good, and uh, that is our our top tens. forgetful, forget, forgetful fives, forgotten fives, all that good stuff. We we've knocked all that out. Uh, Tyler, we're we're um, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to be jumping into news around the league. We got a lot of injury news, ton of injuries going on, um, and uh, we got a couple releases. We did have an extension, so we'll jump into that. We're also going to go through our predictions for the week, and uh, we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yatta's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313 686 4347 or online at IYTMassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well being. Back to the outside blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Oh, And easier. Yes, I am the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and uh I, I always got to get my boo in when whenever you introduce yourself. You don't have to. well, I, well it's it's just not right if I don't. It's, it's like a rite of passage at this point. Um, Tyler, we've got some stuff going on around the league. We've got news stories. Uh, we a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries this week, a lot of guys hitting IR. Now that the injured reserve is, is you know, they have short-term IR, so guys will be out for, they have to be out for a minimum of three weeks, but they still missed, like, a couple of weeks. So it's not horrible. So we're seeing a lot more guys hitting IR this week. Um, so we've got some news around the league. First and foremost, uh, Justin Fields is getting the start versus the Browns uh, due to the Andy Dalton knee injury that, that was suffered on Sunday. Uh, is this bad news for the Bears? Is it bad news, Bears, or is it is this going to be okay? Oh. It's
1: already bad news, Bears, so I'm not sure it matters. I'm just I'm excited to see him be the bust that we, we say he is, and, I'm, and so I'm glad he's starting so we, we can finally say yes, he's a bust. Yeah.
0: I want to find out if he is. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I'll admit it if I think he's the real deal or if he looks like the real deal, but currently, as it stands, Justin Fields does not look good. Um, next up, Ben Roethlisberger. He suffers a pectoral injury. That's something I know you like to hear. Uh, he's day-to-day on uh, whether he'll start versus the Bengals. We don't know if he's going to be there. I know that you're happy that Big Ben is not going to be available for a couple of weeks, possibly.
1: Well, no, I'm, I'm, the, I'm never big on, on injuries.
0: Well, I know you're not happy but, about the injury itself, but not having to play Ben Roethlisberger is probably feeling pretty good, right?
1: Well, it's only a couple of weeks. Ravens don't, don't see him for the first time until late November.
0: Ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're never we're never happy about a guy getting hurt, but it's like, man, I'm glad I don't have to play that guy. I mean, let's be real. You got to be But
1: real. it is kind of helping. I have a, I've made a bet with the guy. I'm pretty sure I made it in the show that the Steelers will go 0 6 in the division and they happen to play the Bengals this week. So I oh. kind of hope Ben doesn't play so I can have a chance at this.
0: <laughs> so it's it's against me. Didn't was I the one you made the bet with?
1: No, it was a guy from work.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
1: So I don't care how good Sears do, as long as they lose every division game.
0: Yeah, you just want them to, to – If they could go 10 and – or, well, 11 and 6, and just as long as they're all division games and the L-cop. Yes. don't give a shit about it. Gotcha. Um, next up, Carson Wentz suffers injuries to both ankles. He's attempting to recover by week three, but he's still listed as quen- questionable. They say he's throwing the kitchen sink at his uh, recovery there. Uh, is it Jacob Eason this week? I think it is.
1: It'll be Jacob Eason this week, Yeah, but uh, he didn't look very good last week.
0: No, he looked rough. Now, obviously, he'll have a week to prepare, so we might see a different Jacob Eason, but we're going to find him. So. I hope so, because I like Jacob Eason. I really do, um, but we'll, we'll see. I know Stan, uh, they, they still have Sam Ellinger, but Ellinger's still on the injury list, so it, it would be the Jacob Eason show, uh, so we'll see what, what that turns into. Um, next up, Tua Tungave Loa. He suffers a rib injury. He's ruled out for week three. Joe Kobe set to be the starter there. The Dolphins are in trouble. Are they not? The Dolphins are in big trouble. Yeah. I, I, I I'm not a big Tua guy. I told you I think this guy's gonna wind up being a bust and he's injury prone. And here we are. He's hurt. Brissett's in. Um Tua wasn't anything to write home about last week. He got the W over over the Patriots. Good for him. 17-16, though. It was a close one. Um, Tua, I I just, I don't know. Now, Jacoby is is going to have a rough rough time this week. And last week, <laughs> him and Tua had a hard time against the Bills. We're going to see what this, this is all about. Um, and if Jacoby Brissett can kind of pull it all together until Tua gets back. But uh, Tua does uh, wind up getting the... The rib injury. Um, next up, Odell Beckham. He's expected to be a full go at Wednesday's practice. Uh, he could play this Sunday versus the Bears, but they're not saying it's for sure.
1: Uh, I don't care.
0: Big on Odell. Beckham's huh? done. You, the you'd... offense
1: is better without him.
0: Yeah, well, here's the, the problem. So the offense seems to be better without him. But on the other end, the Browns did place wide receiver Jarvis Landry on IR with a knee injury. Uh, so he gets placed on IR. Odell Beckham becomes the number one. Now, we, we saw that the Browns offense was better when they only had one of those guys hanging around instead of both of them. Jar- I want to see if Odell is going to wind up being like Landry was late in the season. And, um, nope. you know, you don't think he will be? People's
1: Jones. People's Jones. People's <laughs> Jones.
0: I'm with you there. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, and if he winds up as the number one, that's a good thing. I, I, I think that's that's a great thing. And you got
1: Higgins still so sticking around there too.
0: Yeah, yeah, Higgins is still around. So there's that. Um, next up, the Falcons place wide receiver Russell Gage. Uh, well, he's considered week to week after suffering an ankle injury versus the Bucks. He may not play in week three versus the Giants. I don't think it's a huge loss for the Falcons because they are playing the Giants, and Russell Gage is such a spotty receiver. The Falcons, if they're going to get back to what the Falcons do best, they're going to have to go out and get into that draft and get themselves a big time receiver and draft time. Am I wrong?
1: No, you're absolutely right. Because right now, their the second best receiver is your boy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kelvin Ridley has not been good. Um, well, well,
1: well you know, they're They're their number two receiver. I mean, he's not number two. He's actually their running back is freaking Daryl Patterson.
0: Yeah and and patterson has has been, he's uh, i guess at this point you can you can kind of give Cordero patterson that offensive weapon designation at this point yes. um he he plays running back he plays receiver he plays this and that he kick returns i mean he's everywhere um he he is truly the offensive weapon um
1: well, i almost want to rename it it should be called like all right who who's your who's your cmc who's your cmc guy
0: yeah yeah, and, and right now that he's he's just that that C M C
1: is the definition of an offensive weapon. Yeah,
0: of offensive weapon. That's that's basically what it is. I mean, and so right now I mean the the Falcons they've they've gotta get another another uh receiver over there that can be the number one. I think Calvin Ridley is suffering without having somebody to take some of those passes um or some of those coverages off of him. So right. there's uh, next up, the Broncos, and this happened before uh, the game this upcoming week, but uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it when, because we recorded early in the week. We try to get this in before the Thursday games. Uh, Bradley Chubb, he underwent ankle surgery. He's set to miss six to eight weeks. Um, we talked about him suffering an ankle injury. We didn't know how bad it was going to be, um, and and now with the ankle surgery, six to eight weeks, they said the, the surgery was uh, successful. They said it was, was actually – um they thought it was going to be worse than it was so they were thinking more than 10 weeks but six to eight is the the official word from uh the medical tent there i think that's a huge hit for this broncos defense although it they is. did play very well and they are playing well it's still junky teams how is this uh denver offense going to function without bradley chubb on the field
1: they're going to put up more points <laughs> i mean I know, I know it seems like the obvious statement here but bridgewater the offense is going to have to do a lot of work and they're without judy but uh, my boy Cur- Cortland Sutton is um stepping up in a very huge way.
0: Yeah, we know Cortland Sutton. He was he he had a bad year last year because he was hurt. Um, and he was out for a majority of the season. I think he only played one or two one games. Game. Yep. And and you you got now now he's back, and you know he's the real deal. You know he was he's a good number one receiver over there. I think he's the better receiver than Judy. Um, and he did step up. He had 130 yards this past week. That offense is going to have to get it done. And um, and they're gonna they're gonna have to do their best. And Von Miller's gonna have to do his best to anchor um what is a a very hurt Denver defense. So there's that. Um next up, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr is considered a full go for week three versus the Dolphins. He had a, a small injury, they thought it was gonna hold him out this week. It's not, he's considered a full go. Um, so Derek will be on the field. Um, ready to light it up, but two guys that won't be on the field. uh, Offensive guard Richie Incognito, running back Josh Jacobs. They did not participate in practice today. They could miss week three after missing last week versus the Steelers. Um, I think Derek Carr showed he can get it done. I think this offense showed they can get it done in spite of not having those guys, but it still sucks not having those guys.
1: Yeah, it's still going to suck, but they did a very good job at holding off a very stout Steeler defense.
0: Yeah, the, the Steelers, and and even though the Steelers defense isn't what it used to be, I mean, they're still a damn good defense. So, I, I mean, they, they did a great job, um, and and I'm all, I'm here for the Raiders. I'm here for uh, uh, the Derek Carr mania right now. And uh, we got an
1: easy matchup against the Dolphins this week, so I, let's keep this train going.
0: Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Texans quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. We talked about it already. He was placed on short-term IR with a hamstring injury. He's expected to miss three to four weeks. Davis Mills, getting the start in his place, uh, the Stanford kid. And, um, you know, I like Davis Mills. He's a developmental project. We, he went, I, I think he was the, they had a series of quarterbacks, uh, the Kellen Mons of the world. And, and Davis Mills was the first one that came off the board in that third round, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was at the end of the second round. But Davis Mills is a good quarterback, but he's a developmental project. And he's not ready for full in-game stuff at this point in time. I don't think um, he was impressive at his at his pro day. I watched the whole Stanford pro day, and man, I'll tell you what—that kid was was dropping dimes in the pouring rain, looking like a hero. But I don't know how well he's going to do in this this um, Texans offense. My the big thing for me is they should be at, they should be activating. Deshaun Watson, and they've said that they're not going to they're not going to activate him. That's another piece of news here. The Texans say that they're not going to activate Deshaun Watson; they keep him deactivated. I don't understand it. I, I get that he's got legal trouble going on. I get that there's things like that happening. Well, and
1: he is has no intentions on playing.
0: Well, he he said he would play, and they've they've kept him inactive. And I I don't I think this is just a a waste of resources to make a very piss poor point. By the, by the Texans, and you know that that owner is just a piece of trash. We've, we've been over that, and that's where I think this is going. That's what I think this has become. Um, you, you give yourself the best chance to win with Deshaun Watson on the field, and until and I understand they're kind of holding out hope that these, these legal issues aren't going to be a thing, but right now they're paying that guy $29 million to sit around. It just seems silly to me, and I, I don't understand it, and they're going to put Davis Mills on the field it shows me that this owner is just spiteful. And, and it to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, next up, you got the Bucks wide receiver. Antonio Brown was placed on the uh, COVID reserve list. He's going to miss Sunday's game. Uh, I think it was due to a close contact. But he, um, he's been a huge part of this Bucks offense out of nowhere. Oh, for
1: sure. I'm, I'm not sure where it even came from, but he- here we are.
0: Yeah, week one. Week one, he had a huge week. I think he hit my forgetful five, but or forgotten five rather. But uh, he had a huge week. He's been a huge part of this offense. I mean, maybe it took an offseason, but you can tell he really buys into this Bucks culture, and you can tell he really buys into to uh, um, you know, Bruce Arians and to Tom Brady, and who wouldn't, but he's been getting it done, man. And I, I really like uh, what they've been doing with Antonio Brown, and he's been quiet he hasn't been causing any sort of ruckus which is surprising for him uh but he'll be out for this sunday i and scotty miller will likely be stepping up in his place to take on that number three receiver role um man like i said embarrassment of riches over there with the bucks scotty miller isn't great by any means but he has that big playability that i just think so benefits those buccaneers and uh, he showed that off quite a few times last year big plays in the end zone Now. Uh, Next up, you got the Jags tight end James O'Shaughnessy. He's placed on IR with an ankle injury. No timetable for his return. Um, that's kind of a hit for for Trevor Lawrence. O'Shaughnessy's a good tight end over there. Um, how bad do you think this this negatively impacts uh, Lawrence? And is O'Shaughnessy starting to become the next one of the next injury prone guys in the league?
1: Um, I'm not sure it, it negatively impacts him at all because you're already at rock bottom.
0: Yeah, they're, they are pretty low. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, Sean who has always had some some good targets for the the Jags quarterbacks when he since he's been there. He's he's a good tight end. He's he's mm-hmm. he. I mean, I guess I, you could call him a, a below average tight end, but he's consistent, and uh, I think that's kind of a loss for them. Kind of sucks. Um, next up, the Eagles placed defensive end Brandon Graham and offensive lineman Brandon Brooks on IR, which which I mean. Given the fact that they had those injuries, and now they got to be out for at least three to four weeks, there's no timetable for their return. Uh, That's you know could explain a few things as far as the Eagles and how they're going to be trending for the next couple of weeks. Uh, This is really going to be a a brutal hit on um, on Hertz and and company. So I don't.
1: You could you could say that Hertz is going to be hurting.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, next up you got the Niners releasing tight end Jordan Matthews uh not a huge loss for them uh they're probably looking to release him to make a roster spot to try and get another running back in there given their circumstances uh it wouldn't surprise me but uh Jordan Matthews good tight end but I think he's on the ass end here he's he's about to be be on his way out um teams don't seem to be very interested in in him at this current point um so yeah Jordan Matthews hits uh free Now, uh, linebacker T.J. Watt, he suffers a uh, groin injury versus the Raiders. So the Steelers, uh, he he's likely going to play, knowing T.J. Watt. He's a, a gutsy guy, and he's very headstrong, and he's likely going to go ahead and play. But uh, this definitely hurts that Steelers defense, doesn't it?
1: It for sure does. And, and uh, I mean, I Steelers are starting to look, look like they're training in the wrong direction. They're, the injury bug's are starting to hit them.
0: Yeah. Yep. Getting around to the, the injury stuff. Uh, next up, the Bucks have reached out to free agent corner Richard Sherman. Uh, is this just, if they do sign him, is this, you know, free agent? It's like Madden at this point, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I mean, it seems to be that way, but I think Richard Sherman is still a free agent for a reason.
0: Yeah, well, he did have the the uh, drunken, disorderly stuff going on, where he's trying to break down his father-in-law's door and all kinds of stuff, and you know, fought with police. I understand that. Yeah he, uh, was his
1: was his uh, father-in-law's last name Crabtree? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I oh my god! No, he he just um, I'm not sure uh, that that people want the off-the-field issues when it comes to Richard Sherman right now, but uh, they. With how Bruce Arian runs a lot of zone coverage, it, it could be a good fit over there. So we will see if uh, Richard Sherman does get signed by the Bucks. But yeah, Richard Sherman, still out there on free agency. There's several teams that are reaching out for him, but the most notable one is the Buccaneers. And it wouldn't surprise me if Richard Sherman signs on with them, given how close they are to just running it back here. So uh, there's that. Um, next up, the Eagles place tight end Zach Ertz on the COVID reserve list. He tested positive for COVID-19. He will not see action this week. That's kind of a loss for the Eagles, but they still got Dallas Goddard. Am I right?
1: 100%.
0: Yeah. I think Goddard right now is the better tight end. Um, so they, they wind up, you know, it's not going to kill him here with, with Ertz hitting. No, but it's uh, still
1: just how the mighty have fallen. At one yeah. point he's considered the third best tight end in the league and now no one gives a shit. Right.
0: Um next up the Eagles did also extend defensive end Josh Sweat to a 3-year $40 million deal. I like this deal a lot. I think Josh Sweat is worth every penny and he's proven it since he came into the league.
1: I mean if if Jalen Hurts can become a better quarterback, Eagles are trending in the right direction over the last 6
0: months. Yeah, they they've been doing some good stuff and they've been getting those young players that have been impactful. Um they they've been been getting it done, so I got to like that. Uh, next up, the Dolphins wide receiver, Will Fuller. He returned to Dolphins practice facility today. He's expected to play on Sunday. Um, is this, uh, I mean, it, it's good for Jacoby Brissett to have him back at least. I mean, we know Brissett's not going to get it done, but having Will Fuller back in the fold, that's that's a big deal coming off of his suspension.
1: It is. I mean, it's, and, and they definitely going to need him, but I think right now with the quarterback situation, it's not going to matter. They're still going to trend down.
0: Yeah, they, I think that's what where they're headed but you know, I I'm, I'm sure they're hoping that Fuller is going to give them a little bit of, of uh, help uh you know with the absence of Tua. Um next up the Packers they placed their linebacker/edge rusher Zadarius Smith on IR. That's a huge hit for a Packers defense who has centered their game around him and uh you know the the pa- Zadarius Smith was such an impact player for them. I know you, you know a lot about him. He's a former Raven. Um, great pass rusher, kind of surprised to see him hit IR cause he really doesn't have a major history of injuries. And, uh, here we are. Is Darius Smith hitting IR? We don't know how long he's going to be out. How badly are the Packers missing him right now?
1: That's going to be a big hit. He's been one of the best defensive players in the league over the last two seasons.
0: Yeah. Um, monster sack guy likes to harass quarterbacks. He's, he's solid. Um, Another guy that that a team is going to miss the Cowboys defensive end Demarcus Lawrence he's to miss quote unquote significant time due to a foot injury Um, it's why they put Micah Parsons at the defensive end position but it obviously didn't work out um, Demarcus Lawrence one of the best defensive players in football uh, are, uh, this Cowboys defense are they going to be able to get it done without him so far they have but are they so be far able-
1: they have because they 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 held uh, Herbert at bay pretty well so I, I think they'll be okay but it is a big hit.
0: Yeah, uh, not, not a lot of pressure on the quarterback there uh, without him in the fold. And last but not least, the Saints are currently attempting to court the Broncos for cornerback Kyle Fuller. Even though Fuller just signed a deal with the Broncos this offseason, the Saints are currently uh, reaching out to the Broncos trying to get him in a trade. So we're going to see where that goes. But Kyle Fuller could very well find himself being a New Orleans Saint very, very shortly um would that be a huge coup for the saints who have been uh without their number one corner here
1: it would they, they have a couple of young young kids that have been stepping up but bringing in someone like fuller would be a big up for them
0: yeah i think a uh, fuller looked damn good in chicago he's looked good in denver so far want to see if he can get it done there and uh we'll see if the saints will bring him in and that's all of our news around the league tyler um, and we've got one last bit of business to get. Well, to.
1: before we get the scores, I have a, a, something something here for you. Oh boy! They put out a list of all the first year eligible players. It's so a quick little hit here. Do you think they they, they make it first year, or they are they going to have to wait? Okay. Number one, Anquan Bolden. Mm. I think he waits. I don't. I don't think he's going to be first ballot. No. Well, before I get to the – because most of them are receivers, but here's the list of receivers that are still not in that I think are in in, in play here. Tory Holt, Chad Johnson, Derek Mason, all Hines three, Ward, Reggie
0: Wayne. So, so, hang on. The the first three that you mentioned, Derek Mason should be in. I like Derek Mason. Um, Tory Holt should definitely be in. I'm surprised that he's not in the Hall of Fame.
1: He got beat out by Bruce last year.
0: Yeah, he beat out by his teammate. But
1: Holt's been – Been eligible for a long time now. I don't understand why he's still sitting there.
0: Yeah, that's that's. But
1: but those names make it difficult for these receivers on the list to get in because you get you get to to be first ballot. You got to be better than the list that 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 are are still waiting. Right. So I think Anquan Bolden's gonna have a tough time.
0: Yeah, I don't think Anquan Bolden makes it.
1: Devin Hester, I think again he's not gonna make it, but Devin Hester's a hell of a player.
0: I think he does make it. He was such a ballot. He was such an enigmatic player. I think people want Devin Hester in there.
1: Andre Johnson.
0: He'll make it for sure. That's first. First ballot. First ballot. Even with the shortened, shortened career. First ballot. He was such a great player for the Texans. People talked about him like crazy. First ballot.
1: And Steve Smith.
0: First ballot.
1: I I, I agree in Steve Smith, the longevity and and the physical play he had throughout all that period.
0: Yeah. He played such, such good ball. Uh, Yeah. Steve Smith first ballot.
1: And then four more uh, Antonio Cromartie.
0: No, he won't. He won't make it as much as I liked Antonio Cromartie. He He'll would. get buried a
1: bit because there's a, a plethora of defensive backs waiting to get in. And we talk about that every year. That it's going to be tough for any corner to get in or, or safety for that matter. Right. Next one here is Robert
0: Mathis. I think Mathis could. A lot of people like Robert Mathis. I'm one of them. I think I got, like
1: him, too, but I think it's going to take him a couple seasons.
0: Yeah, I don't think it'll be first ballot. Vince Wilfork. That guy's first ballot. I think the, so? Oh, yeah. I think I think big Vince Wilfork, he, he's a big boy. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he's he's going in first ballot. Fun fact,
1: Vince Wilfork, when he played, is 20 pounds lighter than big boy Vita Veya. Oh, boy. is just massive.
0: Yeah, he's a giant man.
1: And last but not least, Demarcus Ware.
0: First ballot. But I'm going to put a little asterisk there. One thing that might keep him out is his off the field nonsense. Could. So that's was well, one reason why why Lawrence might not see it. But
1: well, that's your first ballot eligible people. So it's you have a good list of first ballot guys here. And yeah. Not as strong as say like the like this past year with Calvin and not last, this year but last year with Calvin and Peyton and, or and
0: this he, past year with uh, being there too, right? He, uh, he's been eligible. He's been eligible. Gotcha. Yeah. I think Reggie Wayne will wind up going in.
1: And Heinz wow. Ward has been eligible. Yep. Ocho Cinco has been eligible.
0: I don't think Ocho goes in, but Heinz Ward for sure.
1: I'm surprised Ward's not in already.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised by that too.
1: And Wes Welker's eligible too, but I don't know if he even knows where he's at anymore.
0: Yeah. He'll, he'll take a couple of seasons to get in. He, he's going to be in the same kind of in the same mold as, as Chris Carter where Carter took a few years to get in because there were just so many good players that from, from yesterday year that, that needed to go in.
1: Yeah, and that's how I feel about Anquan Bolden. Bolden definitely deserves to be, but I think he's going to get lost in the shuffle for a while.
0: So now Tyler week three is upon us. We got a Thursday night game tomorrow. And yeah. You know, and I
1: took a lot of gambles and some of them paid off and some of them didn't.
0: What What are we currently at right now?
1: 20 and 12 tied
0: 20 and 12 so I came back I came back from that one game deficit
1: yep I took too many gambles
0: gotcha um all right well next up let's let's get to our predictions for week three in the NFL starting with the Panthers and the Texans tomorrow night Um, I'm going Panthers here I don't think the Texans have a prayer
1: I think Panthers are hot right now and that's not even considering the fact that Texans are in a holding quarterback I'm taking Panthers
0: Yep. Uh next up you got the Chiefs and the Chargers. I think Patrick Mahomes plays pissed. The Chargers have looked okay. Uh Chiefs
1: Yeah, I thought the, I thought the Chargers would be playing hotter football this year, but they really haven't played fantastic. I, I think Chiefs are gonna be pissed.
0: Yeah, I, I think the Chargers play have been playing middle of the road football. They've been playing nine and you know, nine and eight football. They haven't been playing, you know, as well as they, they normally do. It, it's really awkward saying nine and eight, by the way. Very I know you can't
1: awkward. say five hundred anymore either.
0: Yeah. Uh, next up, you got Cardinals and Jags. This is going to be a blowout. Cardinals all day.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Cardinals are, are going to come out probably playing. It's, it's hard hard to say this because we've been playing hot, but you're going to see uh,
0: Kyler Murray's best game of the year. Yep. This this is going to be it. The Jags are just miserable right now. So. I'm going with cards. Uh, next up, you got the Bears and the Browns. I think this is a, an easily a Browns game. Justin Fields going to have himself a rough day against a very good Browns team.
1: Browns defense is going to is going to eat Fields alive.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's where we're headed. Uh, next up, the Bills and the Washington Football Team. Uh, I'm going with the Bills here, even though Josh Allen is kind of uh, um, regressing. Um, I think the Bills will squeak one out. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think that Washington defense is still strong, and I think Taylor Heineke is going to have himself a good time.
1: I think the Washington defense is going to keep them in this game. I think the Bills are going to start to get things together, and they're going to get the win, probably by about by about seven to ten.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Next up, you got the Titans and the Colts. I'm going with the Titans here. I think Derrick Henry's hit his stride. The Colts have a, a quarterback problem. I'm going with the Titans.
1: And if, if Derrick Henry's in, in his late-season stride right now, the league could be in some trouble.
0: Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Saints and the Patriots. This one could get interesting. It's going to be oh. a, sort of a, a – you know, you get those teams that are like a quarter of the way up the totem pole, and I feel like that's where these guys are because you don't know which Jameis Winston's going to show up week to week. The Patriots, they have Mac Jones, but he's a rookie, and he's kind of learning everything, and they haven't had many high-scoring games. Um, I'm going Saints here.
1: I'm going Saints as well.
0: I'm going to take the risk on it, and, and I, I mean, I, I know it's a risky kind of precedent, but I'm going with the Saints. Uh, next up, Falcons and Giants. Uh, interesting football game. Kind of lower teams. I'm going Giants here. I think I don't think Matt Ryan is is in a great frame of of mind right now. I think Matt Ryan needs to go to another team because he's clearly not happy with the Falcons.
1: I'm going Falcons. Ow. I think the offense is starting to warm up. I don't think they're still not where they used to be, but I think the Giants are still figuring things out.
0: Yeah, they, they're figuring things out. I think they figured things out a little bit more. They did put 30 on that Washington team, um, so we'll see how that one goes. Uh, next up, Bengals and Steelers. This one will be kind of fun. We don't know if Ben's going to play. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually going to go with the Steelers here. I'm going to say Steelers uh, wind up beating the Bengals.
1: And you're making the gamble on, on, on the quarterback situation. I am going to go Steelers.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's what I, I'm, I'm betting on the quarterback situation. If Ben plays, they win this game. Uh, next up, probably the blowout of the week, Ravens and the Lions. Um, I'm going with your boys, the Ravens, this week. I think that's that's a no-brainer.
1: I think the Ravens are going to play off momentum, and this could be a really bad game. Uh, two things in this one. Mike Vellini said yesterday he doesn't believe there's a single starter that that's worth starting in this league on the defense.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. I and think also I will also be at this game. I think the only guy that's really worth it would be Romeo Aquara to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is going to be a blowout all day. This is going to be I, a. I can't lot. wait! See, I can't wait to see it live. Yep. Uh, next up, you've got the uh, uh, the Broncos and the Jets. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with Teddy and the Broncos. I think the Broncos have looked good. They've had a really soft schedule so far. They're going to start the season 3-0. I'm
1: right there with you, Broncos. are going to be right there with the Raiders and top of the division.
0: Yep, and that brings us to the Raiders and the Dolphins. I'm going with the Raiders here. Uh, I think Derek Carr is playing too hot. This is going to be a good one.
1: I agree. Raiders for me as well.
0: Um, probably, uh, I would actually argue this is probably your game of the week. Buccaneers and Rams. This one's going to be fun. Um, got some risky, risky stuff going on here. Uh, staff, this could be a game. This is going to be a fun one. Um, uh, uh, this is tough. This is a tough one.
1: I'll start off for you. Give you seven extra 2nd I'm going to go with the Rams.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. Two, oh, oh. Good, two good teams, two good defenses. This could be a battle. Yeah, it's going to be a war. Uh, next up, we've got another good game. At least I think it will be. I hope it will be. Uh, at home, the Vikings get the Seattle Seahawks in U.S. Bank Stadium. It's a rare, rare game where the Seahawks actually come to U.S. Bank Stadium and play the Vikings in Minnesota. That's a rarity. Um, I think the Vikings' offense has played well. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Seahawks, though. Um, I Right now, this, this Vikings team hasn't given me a lot to believe in, particularly in the secondary. And uh, after what happened last week, I think this team is dejected. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to go with the Seahawks here.
1: Yeah, I, I want to say Vikings, but I'm going Seahawks. I, I think the end of the game is almost going to be deflating for you guys. You, so you're, I think you're going to see a slow start. and It's going to be enough to be behind.
0: Right. Uh, next up, Sunday night football. Packers and the Niners. This will be a really good...
1: Another possible game of the week.
0: Yeah, another possible one. Really good defense versus really good offense. I'm going with the Packers here. I think the, that Aaron Rodgers has finally hit his stride.
1: I think so, too. Um, I am going to go with the Niners.
0: Oh, wow. All right. And uh, last but not least, Monday night football you got the uh, Eagles and the Cowboys. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Cowboys here. I think the Eagles had a rough Same. week last week, and that's going to continue. They're coming back down to earth. I'm going with the Cowboys on Monday Night football. You're
1: going to see a red Hat Cowboys, I think.
0: Yeah. And uh, those are your predictions. Week three in the NFL. Now, Tyler, we got um, we got this show in the books. Big game tomorrow night, and uh, we're going to have ourselves a good time. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor at It's Your Time Massage. Uh, book yourself a massage at IYT, I, IYTMassage.com. Easy for me to say. And um, I also want to uh, give a shout-out to Apparel. You can uh, go over to apparel.com. You pick it. He sticks it. Sean's a great, great uh, screen print guy. He does a lot of great work. And, uh, yeah, you can get yourself custom T-shirts, hats, beanies, jeans, all all kinds of stuff. It's kind of wild um, at apparel.com. And Tyler... That's our show for the week, week three. I hope you're fired up for uh, another fun week of football.
1: I am. I, I, I'm always fired up when I get to go to a game and be in, be in a stadium, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the game this week.
0: Yeah, me too. So, uh, have fun with that. Enjoy, enjoy seeing your boys uh, beat the brakes off of the Detroit Lions. And uh, that is our show for week three. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. Um, and uh, for the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean and myself, uh, we'll see, we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions
1: at Blitz at gmail.com.